Welcome to the Apple on Sports Cover 2 podcast here on AppOnSports.com. Thank you guys for listening. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. You know the, the drill. At Athlon Mitch, Mitch Light, my co-host. My name is Braden Gall. At Braden Gall on Twitter. You can follow us and interact there all you want to. Uh, and, of course, by the Athlon Sports NFL Draft Magazine as we are getting closer to draft time. Magazines are on newsstand, so make sure you purchase the NFL Draft Magazine. There's a, there's a little nugget in there. A little nugget we told you about last week on the podcast. Uh, there's a there's an ad. If you go check the ad out, there's a URL. This is a very complicated, you know, promotion here on the podcast. There's an ad in a magazine that you have to buy and then read. We are a company that then, sells magazines. And then go to that URL and do something at that URL, and then you have a chance to win a trip to any game you want to go to in college football. It's a URL to buy another magazine in 2019. And then you got to look at an ad in that magazine for a URL. That's not true. To- See, now you're making it complicated for everybody. You said it was very you're complicated. Full of, you're sitting on a throne of lies, sir. No, you just go buy the NFL Draft Magazine. It's a great product. You're going to love it. We promise. You're going to love it. You're not using any other Draft Mags anymore. Just use this one. And there's a there's an ad in there that could give you a chance to win a trip to any football game in the country, in college football in 2019. So check that out. Uh, also, we're, we're deep into the throes of college football magazine production for 2018. We will... Our, our big our big five questions this week, as we're doing this every week for the next uh, five weeks for all the conferences, Pac-12. We're going to do Pac-12 this week. we got the five big questions for the Pac-12. Uh, however, I, I wanted I'd to – five big questions. I, I don't know if they're the five big questions. I also they're have just a, five big questions. It's the five big – okay, lowercase t. Yeah. The we're not claiming that these are the only five. These are just five big ones. Yeah, five huge ones. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Spectacular. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> they're real and spectacular. So, uh, I, I, I also have a, an interstate etiquette question I need to ask of you. I'm as yeah. I was driving here, I almost committed multiple vehicle <laughs> homicides. So I basically, you just, you're in the wrong. No, I wasn't in the well, wrong. No, if you very commit much vehicular homicide, had I you are it. in the wrong. I thought about it and this is America. There is still freedom of thought. I can think about killing people on the interstate and never actually go- want to do it. So I've got an etiquette question for you a little bit later on in the podcast. Uh, I want to get started, though, today with Johnny Menzel. Jonathan Menzel. Is that his name? Johnny Football. There's some people there, named Johnny. There, it's Johnny Menzel. It's Johnny Football. It's Jonathan Menzel. And now he's on his redemption tour, right? It's John, Jonathan Menzel is now on the redemption tour. He, and listen, I, I think we all root and want him to be clean and, and have a healthy life. I think we all root for all people to be like that. There's no question. Um, but he said some interesting things recently about not knowing anything about X's and O's when he got to the NFL. He so you know how sometimes we say, you know, like we don't pretend to be X's and O's guys and all that. Like neither, neither does he evidently. But he actually right. played the game. Right. So, <laughs> yes, he didn't watch <laughs> film. He was drafted. Like we watch more film than Johnny right. Manziel did yes. or Johnny Football at the time. Uh, no X's and O's. And I think I, I think the, I don't, if you take the quote out of context, which I believe was on the Dan Patrick show, if you take the quote out of context – it looks like he's just sort of like ripping on himself in the Cleveland Browns. The the he was actually being pretty introspective about the whole thing and saying, "Hey, I didn't. We had very quick reads. We had bubbles. We had flats. We didn't have a very complicated offense." Which is the the, the criticism of the spread offenses from the NFL ranks and from for college quarterbacks, yes. right? They're, they've been dumbed. That's down. why they're more difficult to evaluate. And this is why we're going to talk about this on this podcast because it's a college football podcast, and we don't cover the Cleveland Browns. I don't particularly care. We about do our own Cleveland Browns podcast. The only reason anyone listening to this podcast would care about the Cleveland Browns is how the Cleveland Browns ownership ruined the Tennessee Volunteers coaching search. But that's a different podcast. Um, so bitter alum. I don't care about you know like 
was he successful with Cleveland? What did he do to become a great player in the NFL? Like, I'm interested by that, but not for the point of this podcast. What I loved, what I was interested by for the sake of our college football audience, and you and I immediately got into like this really heated debate before the podcast, and I was like, wait, 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 we got to do this on the show. Because, I don't know if I can replicate that fire. Because you started by just basically insulting Kevin Sumlin, just ripping him to shreds. <laughs> taking things out of context. No. Uh, so when I, when I read the quote to you and I said, this was John Menzel's quote, quote, I played in a spread offense. We looked at bubbles. We looked at flats. We had, a pro- we had progression reads across the field. It wasn't like a super intricate pro system. So when I got to Cleveland, we have a quarterback in the room that's not helping me, and it's not really his job to, but nobody was there like helping me go through the X's and O's, and it was really hard. I struggled. Basically, he said he didn't watch film. He didn't know the X's and O's, essentially saying that his offense was very simple at Texas A&M. I don't think anyone looks at j- film of Johnny Football's Heisman Trophy year and says, yep, he played within the system. <laughs> I mean, he's his whole thing was imp- improvisation. That's what right. made him great. Um, but your response was, and I again, I was joking earlier, but your response immediately was, is this a knock on Kevin Sumlin? Yeah, I, I think it's a subtle knock, not from necessarily Manziel, but the, Kevin Sumlin's been a very successful head coach. I think he'll do well. Very? He's been a successful head coach. Did very well at Houston. Above 500 record in the SEC, which would surprise a lot of people. 25 and 23 in the SEC. It's better than everyone else that got fired this year by a large margin. In the SEC West. Uh, Nice guy, well-respected guy. The one knock on him is maybe it's not the tightest ship. You know, he's had a lot of drama there. Not just Johnny Manziel, the five-star drama with Kyle Allen and Kyler Murray. with Promising reps to the dads. And both of them transferred. And just talking to some people, that's just not his style. He just doesn't run the tightest ship. So my first thought was, well, you know what? He had this guy, won a lot of games, Johnny Menzel. We've heard stories about, you know, going out and partying and stuff like that. They were winning games. So he wasn't necessarily going to make him watch more film or, or be more of a leader or be more studious and all that. Where other coaches who might run a similar offense, and I just I don't know, I don't know anything about Mason Rudolph as a person, but my guess is Mason Rudolph, because your point was he didn't really have to because he ran a simple offense. My point was Mason Rudolph. My guess is watched a lot of film. There's other guys, Marcus Mariota, playing for, Marcus, uh, for, for Mark Helfrich, watched a lot of film, was more studious. So to me, it wasn't an indictment of the offense. It was more of just the, this, the, and, the, and the I don't, culture at Texas A&M. And I'm having a t- my response to that is I have a hard time draw- connecting the dots between a loose ship, which there, I totally understand. There's only two dots. Uh, right, and I'm, you're, you're, let me finish. Um, <laughs> finish. <laughs> Uh, there, I'm there, not your wife. Is, don't talk to, to me like to that. To me, there is no. I, you think I talk to my <laughs> pregnant wife like that? I would. I would be decapitated in a matter of seconds. Uh, so, uh, I think there's. To me, there is no correlation between the intricacy of your offense and the looseness of your ship. There is no tie there to me. I, I don't. You, Bobby Petrino probably runs a pretty loose ship, but has an incredibly complicated offense. It would be my guess. So, uh, to me, there is no. T- there's no tie. There's no correlation to. Hey, we've got a really, the, the we've got a really complicated, someone, we've got a really complicated passing attack versus a, a really like Marcus Mariota ran a very simple offense at Oregon. It was get to the line of scrimmage, check with me, one read, spread offense, zone read, very simple, very simple offense. It it doesn't mean that Mark Hilfrich was running a loose or tight ship from a discipline standpoint. So I, I'm not necessarily I don't connect the I, system I'm saying with that, the discipline. Yeah, I, I guess just my point was looking at it from you know. 20,000 feet, 30,000 feet, whatever the cliche is, I can see those two things kind of coexisting, that you got a guy who didn't need 
to learn an intricate offense, didn't need to watch a lot of film, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't watch film and shouldn't know, shouldn't be able to of course. know what other course. So, like, I, I can see why Kevin Sumlin or some coach would be like, you know what, just let him be. He doesn't need, he does not need to do that. To me, it's a perfect storm at that time. To me, it's a, and, it, and really it ties into Texas A&M as a program, too. It's deeper than just Manziel or Sumlin or the system. Or the like, distance. why have they never won? Like, to me, exactly. To me, and this is what makes A&M fascinating, and, and a lot of fan bases are like this. I find the Auburn fan base relationship with Gus Malzahn to be fascinating and sort of strange. And they've actually and won stuff. And they've actually, right. So, but again, this is a perfect storm. You've got this guy who's just this extraordinary talent who has clearly been entitled his entire life, right? Like, that's the story of Johnny Football. It's a rich, wealthy family that basically never told him no. This led to him abusing friendships and relationships and sort of, you know, power, sort of like the way Urban Meyer was running Florida at the end of the Florida days. Um, so I, I think what's, you know, it, it's a perfect storm. You also have Kevin someone who just immediately gets a job. He's immediately trying to prove himself. As Texas A&M is moving to the SEC in the same year with this extraordinary talent, he already sort of runs a, a simple spread offense as it is, and he wants to make his mark as as a first-time head coach. And now in the SEC instead of the Big 12, it's not Houston anymore. It's Texas A&M with Johnny Menzel, but he's also been entitled his whole life. It all comes together and allows for it's – it's an environment that allows for Johnny football to be created, the persona. And that wouldn't happen, you know, with um, – that wouldn't happen in Alabama. Uh, no, no question. Right. But I'm just thinking of guys that are sort of the disciplinarian type coaches out there. Well, let's like, keep in mind that Men- like Mentel got in trouble with freshman, redshirt freshman. He redshirted. He got in a bar fight with, an, with like a 40-year-old and, and he before was, he ever at, played at a game. At this time last year, he, we had him as number two on our depth chart heading into his freshman year. Who was the number one? The dude who ended up transferring to UTEP. Oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank. I'll, I'll be able. To, I mean, I'll. So, uh, so I, I just I find it interesting. So, so bringing it to back to the college football thing, I, I I don't I think there's a big difference between a a quote unquote loose ship and and sort of a, a program that lacks discipline. And come, what other programs come to like? And again, I'm not, we're not trying to pick on programs here, but like what other coaches and or programs that come to mind when you think sort of a little lax? I think Houston Nut probably a little lax on 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 sort of how tight his ship was run. Um, but I, I'm not necessarily connecting them. I'm just saying, sort of agreeing with you, it was kind of a perfect storm. You had a guy playing for a coach who didn't necessarily run the tightest ship, so he let him be. And part of letting him be was maybe not, you know, you hear, he's the last one out of the, the, the film room. He's the first one in every morning. Right. Where another more disciplined coach, or coach who ran a tighter ship might say, we need you in there. We need you being an example like a like, leader. I, I stri- like Gary Patterson at TCU, Kyle Whittingham at Utah. There's guys that strike me as tight ship guys, right? Like I think the, it's Jamil Showers was his name. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, there's pro- there's programs that just strike me as tighter ships, and and you know, I, Butch Davis is a nice guy. I I actually have a lot of respect for Butch Davis, the man. I think his programs were fairly lax. Miami, North Carolina, whatever. I think they're. I, I'm imagining FAU is probably pretty lax with Lane Kiffin. No, um, <laughs> come to come to FAU, go Owls. <laughs> so I just, I don't know. I think it's an interesting commentary with Johnny Menzel, and I do think from a quarterback standpoint, if you look around, like why isn't Will Greer getting more run for quarterback draft class 2019? Is it, is it because of the offense? Is it just because it's a simple offense? But because he played. He played. It, he also excelled at Florida, playing for a little more complex offense, which there. is a more pro style with Jim McElwain. Uh, now, really small sample size, you know, Six five games. games or whatever. 
I do think that that is the biggest NFL concern. And when you look at these current quarterbacks, and let's bring it back to Baker Mayfield, because Baker Mayfield has been compared to Johnny Manziel, similar size, similar style of play, similar personality trait, sort of outlandish and out, you know, big, big. I think the offense at Oklahoma is probably pretty complex. It didn't always look like it, though, because Baker would do so much improv. Uh, do you have any of those? I, I don't think Lincoln Riley run, run, runs a loose ship. I don't. Right. Um, I think the comparisons are natural. I don't. You know, there, there were more. There were more. There were more stories about Johnny Manziel this time than there were about Baker Mayfield. I know, but he got arrested once. But you know, so sure, n- not a huge deal there. So I, I have no. I mean, we're not NFL teams doing the background, you know. I think, especially after what happened right. with Johnny Manziel, after these, we're not ex NSA agents like doing research. If we on were, him. we could not talk about it. Um, True, you know, they, they call what do they call the CIA? They call it like the other, like in the military, you're not allowed to call it the CIA. Oh, I didn't. Like know somebody that. shows up in your meeting and it's a CIA person, and all the other former intel, they, all the other organizations have to be like, it's like the other organization. They're not allowed to call it the CIA. That's what happened when someone from another magazine comes in here. We just call them the other. I was listening to another podcast yeah. <laughs> and, and it and they actually were doing research they were talking to former military okay um cia operatives and they're like yeah nobody was allowed to call us cia it was very strange anyway so so, so my you're point not is CIA, i'm not cia I, I would have no you know again not doing the the comprehensive background on baker mayfield but i would have no reservations about like i like his intangibles from a leadership standpoint i think he's got the it factor i i agree with that and because will greer i mean let's be very honest the reason he left Florida is because he got busted with PEDs. I mean that that that's on the resume too, whether we like it, whether we like it or not. And um, he plays for a coach who might not have run the tightest ship either. It, it, no question about it. And at either place, for that matter, Jim McElwain or yeah. or or Dana Holgerson. Um, so, and again, I don't know what that we means. We should for rank Kevin. one through one thirty the tightness of ships. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ken Niamatololo, <laughs> number one, <laughs> figuratively and literally, <laughs> literally. Who's, Ken Niamatololo, number Troy Calhoun, number who's two, number seventy four, tightest um, ship. The guy for Army who's doing a great job, <laughs> number three. Yeah, <laughs> one of the Munkins, yes. whoever that is. Jeff, he's he's done an excellent job. Uh, those are the top three. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb. Tie, Nick not, Saban, number four. No, those three tie for first. <laughs> And then Nick Saban, number four. Um, 130, Urban Meyer. <laughs> All right, we should probably stop talking about this. All right, so, um, okay. Do you want to – are we done with, with that topic? Do you want to go – do you want to talk – do you care – how much do you care about Nick Saban's barbershop? None. At all? I, what happens if LeBron James I, sues Nick Saban and wins in court? Complain, I mean, plead ignorance. I have been working a lot. I know you have too, but I've been working a lot on Did, the magazine – I, watched, I, 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 watched, I know nothing. I, I, it was, I've seen it was, tweets about it. I know it was nothing Eddie ja- about it. It was Eddie Jackson. And I don't who, really care. It was Eddie Jackson, Julio Jones, Ryan Anderson, former players with Nick Saban, sitting in a barbershop talking about sports. And LeBron James th- seems to think that he invented that concept. He invented barbershop? Now, well, talking about sports in a barbershop and filming it, which, by the way... It was in Coming to America. Cedric, no, a movie, Coming to America. Cedric the Entertainer has like three movies yes. about this. <laughs> I, like, this is not an, I don't know how LeBron James thinks he owns this. I think it's a brilliant move by Nick Saban. Here's what I want to see. Here's what I'm, what my question for you about this. I don't care. Because they have very similar... They actually use like identical logos with okay. like an open scissors and then like the shop it's outside. It's a barbershop. <laughs> but... That does look like they stole it from okay. from LeBron. But, but the idea, the concept yes. of talking about, I think it's a brilliant move. Like we didn't come up with the idea of a podcast. Is anyone going to sue us? I disagree. We invented oh, really? the podcast. We just waited a few years. This is the first and only podcast that ever should matter to you. So thank you for listening. Rate, <laughs> review, subscribe. So, <laughs> follow us on Twitter by the magazine. <laughs> so, uh, but here's what here's what I love about this because I don't I don't know what's I'm not a, we're not copyright infringement lawyers. We have no idea. Although. 
We, we, said we have the new. We're not. We're not. We're not, we're not CIA. But, we're not but if special thanks to Moon Taxi <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> for providing us our new. They had our, our original song on the podcast. If you notice, we have a new open to the podcast and a new. Cl- uh, Who's to say is the name of the song? It's by Moon Taxi. Uh, we've been friends with them for a long time. A local you Nashville have, band. Not. Um, You're cool, and, and we get to use their music because they allow us to. So that's cool. I don't know anything about how the barbershop copyright thing works, but here's what I like, and here's what I want you to here's what I w- want you to sort of be creative with for a second. And I know you're one of the most creative guys I know. It's a brilliant strategy by Alabama to market their program. It's why Clemson has pizza parties and and, and all this stuff. Give me like two or three other because I know you watch the league. Do you remember the scene in the very first season where Antonio Gates is in the spa with the guys and like they're all sitting around talking football, talking fantasy, and Antonio Gates punches one of the characters? Yes. If I'm Oregon, I would have like a spa show where like I've got all so my you need pl- programs with shows. All my pair, all my yeah, like all my all my players are, like Sex in the City. Like all my players are getting pedicures. What about all my players are you know this and that and the other thing like. What programs? How about at Vanderbilt or Stanford or Duke study groups like physics study groups? <laughs> Show all the players like up till midnight doing their homework. Aerospace engineering. <laughs> yeah, yes. It's what, what is isn't like uh, Andrew Luck's degree from Stanford like, 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 like it, some yeah, sort of smart. crazy pretty, bizarre yeah. like engineering or mecha- mechanical engineering architecture yeah. or something ridiculous. Might have been something with architecture. I, I feel like it was like George Costanza. He wants to pretend to be. An all right, so we've got we've got. Uh, <laughs> look at how amazing our library study nooks are. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, how do you showcase Stanford? Well. Look at all of the books that you could read and help you with your classes. I want the spa and resort of, of Eugene, Oregon to be on television where, like, players are laying in their spa, drinking their microbrews. Josh Rosen had his little, you know, hot he, had, he did have a hot tub. Uh, so what other, what other, <laughs> what other facility stories? Because, like, the slide putt-putt for Clemson is one, right? You could have a Happy Gilmore remake with Clemson doing the putt-putt thing. What, what's, the, what's the coldest, most remote? Minnesota? Central Michigan? The, up the, in like, Well, the Kibbe Dome. Yeah, but that's a, yeah. Something. Well, they're it, Idaho. I know much to your chagrin. They're F, FCS now. No, they're no longer I'm FBS. very disappointed. Yeah, you could. Uh, you could have like Col- Minnesota. I mean, pu- I mean the Palouse. You visit Buffalo. Palouse is pretty cold. Washington State. We get a bunch of people it's sitting around cold. doing nothing because it's boring there. Yikes! So, At Athlon Mitch, Washington <laughs> State fans. Wazoo fans. What was the quote a couple years ago? A player. It's about yeah, that's what. That was. What, it was a playoff that quote. You go to Moscow, Idaho. Be, the only place worse than Moscow, Idaho, is Pullman or vice versa. No, there's a quote. Like some guy got kicked out of Washington State like five years yeah, ago. Yeah, you get in trouble because there's nothing to do. And he said there's, yeah. there's nothing to do there but smoke dope. That and was get in, my, And get in trouble. Yeah, that was yeah. my play, you know. Well, and then I've never been, so I shouldn't There was that. a ranking of 100 and all the 100 and however many it was at the time, college towns in America. And, like, the last one was Moscow, Idaho. And the second to last one was Pullman because like twin everyone cities. from Moscow goes to Pullman to party. Everyone from Pullman goes to Moscow to party. Something like that. Yeah, what's the coldest? Coldest but University of Buffalo or Minnesota? I would say yeah. or Central Michigan. Shout out to Lance Le- Leipold. Um, Who sleeper in the MAC East this year, Lance? Uh, An avid listener of the Cover Two podcast. Well, good because um, I like their team this year. Good quarterback, I, good wide receiver. Yeah, I'm just trying. To, like, I can feel. Like, I feel like Nebraska. There's, Arizona State's got to have something. <laughs> I'll let you fill in the blanks there. Watch Ted two. Singles Night in Tallahassee. <laughs> Some of the best lines about Ted Two, the movie Ted Two, <laughs> know, or about or Arizona, State. Arizona State. Oh my God! Uh, yeah, so I would. There's, <laughs> there's. Uh, you could go into the film industry. 
if you went to Arizona State. Let's talk about the Pac-12. Single, we're going to get there. Okay. Singles night. I think there could be a singles night in Tallahassee for sure. Uh, this is what you get to do when you come to Tallahassee. Look at all the the, the, the fun and the wildlife. Um, nightlife, not wildlife. Night, nightlife. <laughs> um, wildlife could be somewhere in North Dakota. Sure. South Dakota. How about... Uh, Big game hunting. What, come to Wyoming. Come to Laramie. Yes. <laughs> come, Big game hunting. Come to Laramie where we have no football facilities but lots of animals you can shoot. <laughs> that. Um, the waterfall in Alabama, of course, put that yeah. on. You got you got all kinds of stuff. So it's just it's a br- I think it's brilliant uh, by Alabama to do it, and I think other programs should be doing it too. Bring back your best, most anyway, prominent yeah, NFL anyway players. You can sell your program. Yeah. So anyway, that that got off the rails quickly. Quickly. <laughs> um, I have an inter- interstate etiquette question. Do you want me to go Pac-12 questions first or interstate etiquette let's questions? Do, let's talk about your uh, your your poor driving. It's not it has nothing to do with me and my poor driving. My question: four lane interstate. So not two and two, like truly yes. four lanes. Sixty-five north, you know. Yes, uh, coming from from, from so south, south of Nashville. You're, you were going sixty-five north. I was going. Okay? I was coming sixty-five north towards downtown Nashville to come work here uh, to do this podcast. So it's four lanes at times, five lanes. So very very wide. Not during rush hour. You can spread your wings. So yeah, not during rush hour. So it's not packed. It's not slow. Everybody's going fairly quickly. My my question is how slow is too slow to be cruising in the far left lane oh the far left lane so here's here's what happened today i'm driving okay. up but let me answer the question first okay. i would say i would get pissed like where i get to ride your ass and i'm pissed off about it 70 hmm. like i would get pissed if someone's it depends on how close i am to town because the speed limit changes just assume 70 miles an hour okay speed limit 70 if someone's going 70. 70 and no faster in the left lane four lanes i get pissed I, I think it's higher than that. If you're doing 75, yeah, you and you have cars sitting behind, like a line of cars behind you. So someone's doing 75, and you. So someone was doing 75, and I wasn't even the first car in line. There was a car in front of me, and then the person doing 75. And this guy's doing 75 for about 15 miles cruising. Okay. Easily could have gotten over into the right, right lane. That's what that's the what right lane me. is completely empty. So the car in front of me. Is like riding this person's tail really bad, like really up on them. Yeah, gives them an opportunity. Hey, I'm here. Yeah, move over. Doesn't move over. Sometimes you can move over to the left, even so they can see you through the mirror. Oh, I do that all the time. Yeah, yeah. And I don't. I don't ever do like. I don't. I don't flip the bird or yeah. yell and scream. What I do is I. I'm like, I put my hands up. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Get, and then I'm like, get over, please. I like point to the yeah. other lane. I'm like, please get over, sir. Can you please move over? And so he's doing 75, which okay. is over the speed limit. I acknowledge that. But there's a line of cars. And the one guy in front of me zooms around him, right? So then I get up on top of him. I'm not super on his on his rear end, but I'm close enough to acknowledge, hey, you're going. If he stops, you got problems. You're, right. <laughs> you're going 75. You should get over. So I kind of like wave and I do the whole like, hey, can you get over? Like, what are you doing? Use your head. Like, like my wife, if, if that had been me in that car, it was a Toyota RAV4. And if you're listening, I hate you. If that had been it was me, a dude in a Toyota Rav Four, it was two people. It was a dude Usually and a, it's and not a, a dude. It was an older no, gentleman okay. and, a, and a woman. And if that would have been me, my wife would have been livid with me for not getting over. Yeah. So seventy-five is. Okay. I am still on the right to say you okay. should get over. I right? said seventy-five is okay. Yes, yes, you should get over. Where's the line where you don't have to get over? Seventy-eight, seventy-nine. It depends on the flow of traffic too. Like, like assume, if, if assume traffic's flowing. If I'm going 79 miles an hour, I'm nine miles an hour over the speed lot, limit. My point is, you should not be riding my ass. Yeah, but if there's, if there's kind of a decent amount of traffic, even if it's flowing, and it's not the easiest thing for him to get over, then I can see there, 79 being okay. But if there's no one there, you should get over at 70. You should get over at any speed. Yes. Right. If there's space to get over. Yeah. 
All right, I was not in the wrong today because okay. this person just okay, like so for, what'd fif- you do? for fifteen. Mi- I I wanted to prove a point, <laughs> <laughs> so so I stayed behind longer than I normally would. Normally, I would just zip around and go around and be like, "Hey, dude, quit being a jerk face." So instead, I it's ro- never good to prove a point and, while you're going over seventy miles so, per hour. Well, and and, and what what I've learned is to be I'm not like I don't get road rage. I channel my road rage into like goofiness, <laughs> which makes it a more enjoyable process for me. So, like, he put on his flashers, like the, the double flashers. Whoa. Not like a blinker to get over. Right, like he's got car he, problems. And I was like, dude, if you've got car problems, you certainly should be out of the right, left get the right lane. lane. So, he, so finally, I, I go a, probably an extra three or four miles that I normally wouldn't go because I wanted to prove a point. I was like, I am sitting here, and I kept doing the I'm, – I'm, I'm using <laughs> both my hands, like, waving over to the right. I'm like – I'm pointing over to the right lane. I'm like, are you – hello? H- hello? Are you – hello? Are you going to move over? And so I went an extra couple miles. I let him. He never moved. So I went around finally, and I and, and then I, you got to get a look at the guy. And then I looked at him, and I pointed to my head, like use your freaking brain, you yeah. moron. And and I go, and I pointed to my head, and I just drove off. And then like three more cars went around. There was probably six cars that went around this guy. And I'm going, at what point do you realize the problem is you, right, and not the other people riding your tail? I'm sorry. Yeah. End of rant. Okay. Five big questions in the Pac-12. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I wasn't in the wrong. No, I think you're okay there. Okay. Right. I'm, just, I'm glad you didn't do anything like worse. No, I, 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 I think like road, cut them off. road rage is not a healthy way to live. But if you channel road rage into like – it's like I, I, I compare it to like cussing on the radio. You're not allowed to cuss on the radio. But if you come up with a word that replaces the F word on the radio, generally it's actually going to be more interesting. Like it's going to be more – so – if you come up with more interesting ways to ridicule other drivers <laughs> instead of just double birding the guy, it's actually more entertaining. It's going to make him feel small, yeah, right? You have like, like I do, I do the uh, like, you know how when somebody is like, "I'm looking at you, man," yeah. and they do the two fingers in the eyes and they point at you. Like I do that to people a lot. I'm like, "Use your eyes, use your eyes." I'm glad we don't drive in the same part of town. <laughs> I don't. I just I like to. I like stupid drivers to feel bad about themselves, but not with rage. With entertainment love uh, speaking of love let's talk about the pac-12 Qu- five big questions we did the big 12 last Can week you hope you enjoyed it to give us some like music for this like five big t- that know. would require me doing work would that right. require them doing work no 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 they've got all their music okay. out there by the way new new album on in in stores now let the buy let, it rate it review it oh, no, let the, the record let the record play great album go check it out brand new keep them up throw them up too high um uh, so We've been doing this. We did it last week with the Big 12. We got all five Power 5 conferences we're going to do today, the Pac-12. So you ready? Yes. Are you prepared? Uh, preparation level moderate. Question. <laughs> Please don't admit that to our audience. <laughs> Hi. Question number one in the Pac-12. Who is the best head coach quarterback combination in the City of Lights? Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, California. We cannot pick a high school team. Because there if might you be, you know that there's a coach and quarterback <laughs> high school combo in the city of Los Angeles. Surely there's a good high school quarterback. Is De La Salle in Los Angeles? No, it's in Modern Day, Northern California. Yes, Modern Day, Corona, it? right? Yeah, um, Inglewood. I think you got to go UCLA because Chip Kelly, in my opinion, is vastly superior to Clay Helton. So I don't think the gap between the, any quarterbacks—they're all unproven—negates that, closes that gap. So I'll go Chip Kelly with Devin Monster or Dorian Thompson Robinson. Over Clay Helton with Matt Fink, Jack Sears, or JT Daniels. I don't think I think it's a no-brainer. Okay, I, I think I, I JT think, Daniels might be the, the most highly regarded of those guys. So let's talk in, in six months. Although he's a true freshman who should be in high school, 
But so, so is Dorian Thompson Robinson. Robinson. He, he graduated Thompson, high school. He graduated high school. I mean, I know he's he, they're freshman. both true freshmen. Yeah, but but Daniels, I think, graduated high school. Yes, he 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 reclassified yes. like a, like uh, John David Booty and Marvin Bagley and Jake Bentley. Yes, for that matter. Um, so I I think it's an easy easy good it, question easy answer because Chip Kelly is the clear cut because I think what's going to happen is I think. Chip Kelly will have the true freshman quarterback play, and he'll be the better coach, but but the true freshman quarterback will make more mistakes. I think Clay Helton isn't as good of a coach, but will have a more veteran presence at quarterback. So I think the quarterback will be better at USC. I, I think, I at, think at Devin Monster has a chance to start early. Okay, and th- so, again, do you like him better, or do you like... No, I'd rather USC have USC's guys? quarterbacks than UCLA's probably, but... Okay, so here... Let's... I would take the USC quarterback room over UCLA. So would I. But now I think they fit their. I think they fit yeah, their. Right, right. I think okay. th- the guys in the UCLA room fit Chip Kelly's every offense coach, better, and vice versa. Every coach in the country is a free agent. 130. Your athletic director. Chip Kelly is probably in your top five that you would take. I do. I have to. Clay Helton. Wait, wait, wait. Do I have to work with this person every day? No, just, just, just to just win games for the sake of Clay Helton is probably in your top 50. Chip Kelly's in your top five. I don't that's know. That's the gap. F- I, I, your point is valid. So that's 100. That, that's, that's that's the gap. There. Chip Kelly's top. Ten-ish yeah. for me, and Clay yeah, Helton. Name, the, thing about, the thing about Clay Helton is he could be top ten. He could be. Well, he's at a he school where be, he could be top ten. He could also be 39th. It's almost like I just made that number up, but no, it's a real, he, it's he, a real he's, number. You he's got a rose bowl. It's true. I did not invent 39. The number, the numeral. He's at a job that's prime number. Theory, by the way, uh, no, 13 times three. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're idiots. <laughs> no, you're an idiot. So, um, 37, prime number. Yeah. So, uh, uh, Clay Helton has a Rose Bowl championship and a Pac-12 title in two years. Right. It's pretty damn good. It's very good. But we don't know if that's Sam Darnold. And or, he's at a school, let's be honest, yeah. where it's hard not to win. Yeah. So. It's true. He's fortunate. Just I mean, John I would, McKay that begs to differ, or John Robinson, which or one? Lane Kiffin. Yeah, I, I would, I would love to have that job if my head coach. Was that, we, but with it comes pressure. The expectations are high. So, um, yeah, Fink attempted nine passes he, last he, year. So he, I don't think we know anything about either one he, of these here, two quarterback great, situations. Great opportunity for Clay Helton if he has another. You, you know, here's what's going to happen. They're going to win the Pac-12 South this year, and people Ooh. are going to say it's preview because, of the Athlon Sports Magazine. It's because no one else in the South was good. So he still has. He still. Ha- there's still going to be doubt. Right. And then let's say they win the Pac-12 South and Washington beats them by 21 points in the championship game. He'll have proven nothing to his fan base, which is unfortunate. That's, that, that is fascinating. That's interesting. Yeah. But I think what's good for USC is the lack, like, how stable he is. <laughs> he's, the, he's the right he, coach at the right time for yes. USC. He may he's not the right win, coach for five, in five years. We don't know. He may not win, like, 11 championships or whatever, but they, they needed somebody who was a no-frills, stable sort of – non-drama sort of thing there's so there's too much drama pete carroll lane kiffin steve sarkeesian too much drama um all right question number two in the pack 12 number two number two number two too high get him up it's the single off moon Taxi's new album um not familiar you've got to cover you have covered a beat you have worked on a beat i have not technically ever covered a beat um you get to cover one beat in the state of Arizona, you get to either cover Khalil Tate, your first and maybe only love of Pac-12 quarterbacks. Ever. You didn't need to say that second part. Or it's my first, and just only your love. first and only love. So, like Vanderbilt University, your wife, and Khalil Tate in that order. Khalil Tate number one. You forgot my cat Buttercup. You hate that cat. Oh my god! This morning, five a.m. I wanted to throw her out the window. Why haven't you done that yet? Uh, 
And Peter's not listening. I was home. Home. Uh, Heather and Gabe are out of town, so Heather's not here. I could have just said, "Oh, Buttercup ran away." I could have done. It. I. I don't know why you. Do you know? Do you know a cat? Donate the cat to some cat family that needs a cat. Do you know a hitman? No, you don't kill the cat. <laughs> you just give it to a family that would like having a cat. That's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Earmuffs. <laughs> yes. Go. Um, uh, okay. So, which beat you get to cover? Kevin Sumlin, interesting, and, and a great quarterback, and a great quarterback, Khalil Tate, and and probably a bowl team, right? Or you get to cover Herm Edwards every single day in a press conference. Another great question with an easy answer. It's a two pronged answer. Well, the answer is clearly Arizona State because it's the greatest, most intriguing story in college football this year. And he's the, such wait, a wait. The greatest and most intriguing story in all of college football this year. I cannot wait. Is Herman Edwards? I cannot wait. Don't I, press in, sand. Intriguing is okay. Very you know okay. tight definition there. Okay. I mean, like I, who wins the national championship? Yeah, that's interesting, but not as intriguing. Oh, so intriguing is a step up from interesting. It's just where it's is, a different. It's where a different does level. fascinating fall? It's just that they're they're all different. Captivating. I, where does that one go? Can I answer the question? I'd and like also, to, I'd like you to rank Herm the level of intrigue. Is a really really nice guy who has great media access. So it's not like you're dealing with a jerk who who's going to come in the press conference and give the media five minutes and, and, and walk off. He's going to answer every question. He's going to spend too much time. He should be coaching and looking at film, but he'll be in press he conferences needs, all day. He needs to be reading the NCAA bylaws. Like he's what he needs your, to do. He had been on your your Nashville station radio. He's been doing a spot in the afternoon for years. He kept doing that spot. Until even after he was no, the coach, I, 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 I would agree. listen to the radio. Like, get off the phone and go do something for Arizona State. <laughs> Being on the radio here in Nashville, three thousand miles away, is doing nothing for your program. I agree. So I think it'd be fascinating. He to wanted cover. to make that twenty-five bucks. Intriguing to cover, <laughs> <laughs> and he's a nice guy. Great combination. So you, so and you're going home. You're going oh. Arizona State. Herm. So what if they're Herm three and nine? What if they're three and nine, and it's the same it's press glorious. conference every time? It's, but it's not going to be the same press conference every time. It's okay. going to be different because it's Herm. I would go with Kevin. Sumner. He's going to be like this week. We're cutting our left tackle, our starting center. <laughs> <laughs> We've made a trade. <laughs> we're looking to ship three defensive tackles to USC uh, for the backup quarterback. Uh, coach, coach, coach uh, this is college football. They have to sit out a year <laughs> if you're making a trade, and it's called transferring, not a trade. You physically aren't allowed to do this. I realize you think that these are closer to indentured servants than they are actual uh, employees, but because it's college, not pro. So, do 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 you know that you can't trade players? Right, like they can shoot. Now you can devils. <laughs> um, where are you located, my man? <laughs> right here. Where are you located, my man? Oh, right here in Tempe, coach. <laughs> well, I don't know about them devils. I'm Catholic now. <laughs> devils Digest, coach. Uh, okay, I'm going to Arizona. I like. Okay. The, I think the team would be more on the field. Would be a lot more fun. I think Kevin Sumlin is as equally as as open with the media. I've actually had a, a lot of opportunities to sit down and talk with but him. But you have no access with the quarterbacks because they've been watching film all the time because he demands that. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, but even in the SEC, where everything is so extraordinarily tight-lipped and buttoned up, he was actually pretty yes. accessible as a coach. So I think Understands the media. I, yes, he does. And, and so he would answer questions pretty honestly. And I, you know, I've had a chance to be around him a couple of different SEC media events. And I think he would, be, he would not be as entertaining from a raw personality standpoint as Herm Edwards. But I think with Khalil Tate being the dynamic player that he is, I think that team is going to be better than Arizona State by a pretty large margin. I would go that direction. Just, I don't think there's a wrong answer to this question, but I'm I'm in, I, I'm I'm glad you went with Herm because I thought that's that might be the direction you go. Just because you're more interested in like yourself, you're more selfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of us too. <laughs> question number three: 
in our five big questions. Number three. Of Pac-12 football in the spring, 2018. Is Stanford at Washington on November 3rd, the Pac-12 championship game? Part B, can anyone else in the league match their physicality? Part A, no. Even if Washington loses that game, they will still win the Pac-12 North. I, I don't see Stanford getting okay. – I see Stanford okay. losing two league games. I think Washington will not. They don't play USC. Are they the best season. two teams in the conference? I think Washington's clearly number one. Then I think there's a big gap. I think when our rank when we do our rankings, you'll see Washington in the top ten, maybe top five. I don't know. Maybe playoff team. Yeah, and I think you'll see Stanford and USC in Oregon the, in, the, in, the, in the teens, low teens. So there's like a jumbled pile of four or five teams that are chasing down Washington. In your opinion, yes. So that game will not decide the Pac-12 North. Now, technically, the answer to this question is no, because there will actually be a Pac-12 title game. Right. That's actually the Pac-12 title game. And they play eight other games. I should have put de facto in there, yes. and then the sentence would have been correct. Um, but I, I think it actually is. I think if Stanford beats Washington in that game, I think there's a chance Stanford is good enough what, is to, there, to win what, the division. Well, I mean, obviously, there's a chance, but we, we, need, we need a I think take here. And my, my opinion was that they will lose more, you know, more than one game. So even if they win that, they'll lose two games, and Washington will only lose one game. So you're saying, oh, of course there's a chance. Stanford. Of course there's a chance. But I, either say it or don't say it. I, I think they're the best two teams in the conference. Okay. I, for reasons we just discussed about USC, frankly. Um, USC dominated them, made them look yeah, bad last year. 300-plus on off, uh, rushing and passing. I get it. I crushed, get it. But Donald's gone, and a lot of other players are gone, too. I think Stanford takes a step uh, forward. I think, I think especially I think the quarterback position. I think they're the same. So pretty good. Yeah. Good. I mean, good. <laughs> they were pretty darn good at the end of yeah, the year once yeah, they, they made the switch to KJ Costello. Um, so the part B of that is, can anyone else in the league match the physicality? And this is what I think is really interesting about the Pac-12. I think there is a transition happening. I, I really think there is. I, I think you're seeing Stanford and Washington set the bar with this certain style of play, line of scrimmage defense, right? Utah's like that. I think you're going to see UCLA and USC's. Clay Helton's identity is more about running the football and being physical at the line of scrimmage. I, I'm I'm not sure you're ever going to see Mike Leach do that, but I think I think there are other the other teams are starting to go. Hey, we we're not going to be able to compete with Stanford and Washington. Can I say if something? We're not running like this. Every football game looks to be very, very physical. People always like they play so they play a physical brand of football. Everyone plays physical. I totally disagree. It's I think see, there are a lot just, of soft teams. I just I'm Illinois kind, Illinois is soft. They're on the rise. I'm kind of kidding. Because you know, there's a lot of dudes, and everyone hits really hard. I my point, it's I all guess, relative, Mitch. It's Thank you. Difficult for me watching on TV or whatever, just following the sport, to to really judge how physical a team is. I mean, Stanford has that reputation; they're physical. Utah's physical, but I, I think it's. I think you don't think you watch Michigan and Rutgers and tell the difference between the physicality? Well, yeah, but when you watch Alabama Georgia that, that national that's title a, game, you don't think that, that that's a different well, level the of physicality. Michigan Rutgers is a talent issue. R- Rutgers might try and be physical, but they just can't be because they're not as talented. Okay, when you watch the Alabama Georgia national championship game, I, I don't like when you watch Clemson versus Auburn. When you like, you can't. Yeah, okay. you can't tell I, the I difference between a finesse team and a physical team. Yeah, yes, I can. The Big Twelve is finesse. Most of the Pac-12 has been finesse for the last decade. I, I think you. I, okay, I, I don't, I don't think you're style. actually giving yourself enough credit. No, it's more. I didn't make myself credit. It's more of a style. Like the, you never sure, do. Sure, the, those teams play a different style. But 
teams that just that run the ball a lot, sure they're a physical team. Is Utah more physical than Stanford? I don't know. No, I think they're. That's I, my question. I think they're in the same category. Okay, that, see, that's my I question. Think a like, significant... I, I don't know how I can sit there and watch a game. Say two teams that run a similar offense. Who's actually more physical? Maybe the team's better uh, I, than the I, other team. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit for maybe my just definition of physicality. Ma- yeah, maybe that's the case. I, I, I just I, I just think the better team is the more physical team. You can watch a football game and see a team physically abusing another team of equal talent. You can see that very when you watch. I'm trying to come up with an example here. Like West Virginia lines up against Michigan. You know, offensively elite level talent for West Virginia. Devin Bush is going to eat some people alive in that game because he's just so I guess physical. I, you're, I would just say because Devin Bush is the best player in the field. He's not necessarily more. He's not necessarily better than Will Greer or, or David Sills, right? I mean, well, you know, he's better than the guys who are trying to block him. I, so is he okay. more physical than yeah? Then, I think then, you're, then that's the definition. I think, of I think you're not giving yourself okay, enough credit well, just, for knowing. It's just the way, I, just the definition of it. I guess. Like West, like Washington State does not play a physical just style very, of football. Very physical. Just. <laughs> Oregon State doesn't play any football. <laughs> be nice. They will not be part of our five big questions. All right. Well, question like number Jonathan four. Smith. Question number four in the five big questions. Which, and I'm calling these teams overachievers because we sort of like their coaches. They don't recruit an elite level, but they tend to win some games. And one of these teams always seems to, to jump up and surprise on any given year. Which overachiever in the Pac-12, and primarily this is Utah, Washington State, Colorado, Maybe you throw Cal into this mix, but they have not traditionally been in this mold. Mostly just Utah, Washington State, Colorado. Which one of those overachievers is built to make the run this year? We saw Washington State make the run recently. We've seen Utah try to make the run recently. We saw Colorado make it to the Pac-12 championship game, but they don't sustain it. Which one is built this year to make the run? I think clearly Utah. I mean, I, I think they they will be – my guess is they'll be most people's pick to finish second in the South. Um, they have a difficult schedule. I don't have it in front of me, but if I recall uh, with, with our schedule uh, analysis that we've done for our, our predictions meeting, um, you know, they, they, the key there, Tyler Huntley had a good year last year, was kind of the surprise choice of quarterback over Troy Williams. Got to keep him healthy. Zach Moss came out of nowhere, had a 1,200-yard rusher. They, they, they like to run the ball. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be really, really good. They kind of – they lost – in typical Utah fashion, they lost some close games last year, um, but I, I think they're good. Um, Weber State at Northern Illinois, okay, win-win. I was talking conference, uh, right? Washington at Washington State at Stanford. So, they, wa- they, so pretty, they play Washington Stanford, the two best that's, teams. That's a tough road in, in the top uh, in the first start three games. Arizona and USC at home at UCLA at Arizona State. So you could get a couple wins there. Oregon at home, but you get them at home, so you're playing the top three teams probably in the North. At Colorado, which is always a, an interesting game, game. Uh, and then BYU, the Holy War, at home. So, what you miss in the North, Oregon State, Oregon State, and Cal, two of the three worst, worst teams, teams. You know, right? So the schedule is tricky. I agree with you. I think I, it's, I, I think I don't see right, Washington State's going to be bad this year. I don't I see Washington State. I, I think losing Alex Grinch is the biggest loss that that Mike Leach maybe has has ever had out outside of. Um, Losing a big like a pirate sword, he bought it a conviction. Right. Um, and I think Colorado, while their offense, I think will be pretty good again because I think Trevon uh, McMillan is Trayvon one. Trevon McMillan is one of the more underrated transfers. I mean, they 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 lost. Phil yeah, Lindsay. but he. So the tr- the story with him is that he had a great freshman year at Virginia Tech, was a really good looking player. I thought the world of him, and he did not play well as a sophomore did not grasp Justin Fuente's system so he's got a lot of yards and, and kind of like they got he was on the outs and so the, the writing on the wall transferred out like they you're 
your point is Steph didn't lose any sleep when he decided to exactly. Leave. So I think he's a good player. I think he's an, I think he's a great fill in for Philip Lindsay. He's gone. I think the offense will be good for Colorado. I don't think they've got anything. Their else. defense needs to get yeah, better. They they went really heavy on the JUCOs. Their defensive line. This is a, yeah. a very interesting stat that I read in our Colorado preview. No defensive lineman recruited by Mike McIntyre has started a game. Good lord! From high school. No high school defensive lineman has started a game. So they're all like JUCOs. Yeah, they just haven't formed out. Players yeah. from the other staff. Yeah, yeah. Good Lord. Here's another stat. That's I know crazy. we're not talking about ACC, but it's Florida. Get a defensive me. line talent evaluator. And they Jim Levitt. Yeah. North Carolina has finished last in the ACC in rushing in five, rushing defense five straight years. That's hard to do. Thanks. And, and I'm not trying to make light of this, but obviously he had a difficult time evaluating defensive coordinators. Let's be very on a very serious issue. Obviously, yeah. Mike McIntyre well, hiring a guy that, that he a, clearly should not have hired. So, um, I, I think it's Utah. I agree. I think Utah is the surprise team of those three. Not not surprised, but like the overachieving team that doesn't have the talent or whatever. I think they do finally have a quarterback as well. They, they might have finally found one. That's. It feels like they've had a revolving door, and Travis Wilson was never really that great, but he was good. And, and a lot of concussion issues. Yeah, and, and unfortunate. Um, so, last question. Five big questions in the Pac-12. Last question today on the program is. And I, you came up with this question, so I'm not sure if you want to sort of word it. The wording I have is, it's almost like, does it matter? No, you want me to ask it? Because you yeah, kind go of ahead. twist go it ahead. around. Okay. Is Oregon in danger of becoming irrelevant if Mario Cristobal does not get the job done? Or are they, or is Nike and what they've done in the last 10 years from a uniform, from a social media, from just being the cool facilities. school? Facilities, definitely. Always make them relevant. And there's a quote that kind of that, that jumped out to me. We're doing a story on in, in our magazine this year. On it was kind of inspired to me. Like I got the idea from watching Last Chance U. Like these quarterbacks, they transfer, they don't pan out at one school. Well, they got to go somewhere where they know they're going to play. So which junior college do they call around? Well, that's basically the point of the story. But Terry Wilson, who started at Oregon, and now probably going to be the starting quarterback at uh, Kentucky. His, was, his point was like, yeah, well, out of high school, I went to Oregon because it was Oregon. Like, it was like, duh, why wouldn't I go to Oregon? I think that still has that, that cachet there that, that, that the kids just want to go play there. Basically, it didn't matter how good the team was. It didn't matter who the coach was. Oregon's, so cool. Like, Oregon's cool. In five years, if Mary Cristobal – four years, if he's on Why can't high, you say his name? Cristobal. Crystal, Cristobal. Been, Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. Cristobal. Mario. You, look, you look deep into your Mario <laughs> Cristobal. So, if he's and pick the 500 in the Pac-12 and he's on the hot seat – are they still this cool school? Or are they irrelevant? So I ask you answer. Okay. I, I, I think there is uh, – I, I 100% agree that the cool factor will always be there in, in Oregon for a lot of reasons. It's not just Nike. There's also other reasons that make Eugene a fun place to hang out for young people. Um, I think Eugene will always be a cool place. I think Oregon will always be a cool place. I think the football facilities will always be awesome. They will always have Nike money. So I do think they're almost recession-proof or, or bad coach-proof, for, for lack of a better Not necessarily for winning games, frame. for being attracting talent. Yes, and so which is sort of like all the big pro, like USC. But my, my point, know, like yeah, Alabama, Mike Shula was there. They still you attracted know. talent, though. Yeah, but they were kind of an afterthought in college football. They, were, they had the name Alabama, but they— So there's they, two different things here, then. I, what you're asking is, are they? I think Oregon can absolutely be irrelevant on the college football like, analysis like, landscape. Like we might be not be talking about them. hundred uh, percent. Like high school kids, they'll always. And be. that's where I think what that means is you've un- entered the upper echelon. Where even if you're a bad 
like even when Michigan is bad, which has gone through bad times, Florida State has gone through downswings. Tennessee is going through a downswing right now. Texas just came off its Isn't worst. It downswing. Texas just yeah uh, yes. Texas just came off its worst. The seventh winningest program of all time. Uh, Texas just came off its worst three year run in history. I mean, like every big program. Oklahoma was terrible in the nineties before Bob Stoops, but they all still attract players. They know they they maybe do it at different levels, but even when Alabama was was quote unquote irrelevant, they still had good players. So I, I think but not as many. Look at the draft. I mean, they they really didn't have great players. Go back and look at you know before Saban got there, they they had some really lean years as far as sending guys to the NFL. So you're suggesting that Oregon will because Oregon Oregon's never just, really gotten the five star. Right, right. They've gotten a couple of them. Right. We're kind of contradicting ourselves here because they have not been a recruiting giant, but they've just been a no. Cool they're like school. top of the. They're they're like upper middle class. Yeah, they've been just they've been like just. They're just a cool school. So, like, the, the, deeper, the, deeper, the more important question is: Is Mario Cristobal the right hire at Oregon? And you and I have both been fairly critical of you're, that. You're, of that you're a little more. Like, more I will admit that I am more questioning of that. Now, I think Justin Herbert can actually cover up all of those problems this year. I don't know if that's I mean, talent can cover up questionable coaching. Mm. That's a novel. Never idea. heard about <laughs> yeah. that. Especially at Oregon, never heard about that. So I, I don't know. I think Oregon is a wild card this year in this conference. I think if 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 the defense comes along and Cristobal is the right guy, and I'm just dead wrong about that, which is totally possible, and Herbert stays healthy and they're really, really good, they're the one team that could win the whole conference that no one's picked. They will not be picked to win anything. So Oregon, to me, is the one team capable that has upside. But if the coach is just another guy and he was hired to keep the recruiting class together and he's kind of like he was at FIU, then I don't, I don't see them being capable of matching physicality with Washington and Stanford and some of these other programs, USC, and winning the league. So, Agree. Fair point. Do you have an answer to that question? Are we done? I think we're done. Okay. I kind of talked it through a little bit. Um, I'm all, I will con- put it this way. I will continue to be intrigued hmm. by the Oregon program. Not interested. No. Intrigued. Not intri- but not fascinated. No. Intrigued. And certainly not captivated. Definitely not. Are there any other words I could use to describe paying attention to something? <laughs> are we done <laughs> we can be if you'd like if you'd like to be that would be an intri- um, that would be an intriguing development if you're going less than 78 get over get over get to the right don't cruise in the left lane that's my More i will have a se- question have you bought have you purchased a second baby seat yet uh yeah we are we have the, the original one um okay so that one works so the question is what should we name our child and the next time we do a podcast i will have a second child and it just occurred to me, I don't know when I'm going to come to the yeah, podcast no, we, next we week. Have to, we have to take a week we'll, off? No, we'll do it. We'll do you it. sure? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? I'm committed. I'm committed. That sounds like a dude who wants to get out of the house. <laughs> uh, she's told me I don't have to stay in the hospital other than one night. She's really? going to stay there for like three nights. I'm staying at home, and I'm, I'm actually working. So we'll, do our, we'll probably have another one next Thursday for you guys. So Another kid or another podcast? Both. Both. <laughs> Can you bring the kid in? Guest appearance? I, I do you like a station. I do like a stationary child. Now that I have a toddler, I like the stationary kids better. We also, you know, what? they're more fun. We, when need they're a new we need a fresh voice in here. You think so? It's new opinions. Like, what, what does a new baby think of? Well, Oregon? your son gives us one word p- takes. Yeah, yeah. Like, Gabe, what's your take on this? Yes. Yeah. Who's the best team in Alabama? <laughs> Those are his takes. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, special thanks to Moon Taxi for, of course, providing us. Uh, of our of our new music, we hope everybody loves it. Rate, review, subscribe. Buy the NFL Draft magazine. 
His name is Mitch Light. My name is Braden Gall. At Athlon, at Athlon Sports is the Twitter account. At Athlon Mitch is your Twitter account. At Braden Gall is my Twitter account. This has been the Athlon Sports Cover 2 Podcast.